Hello everyone, season's greetings and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Uh, yeah, we're back for a match day 17 review. Uh, the last show, of course, before Christmas and the winter break that has obviously now come into effect uh, in the Bundesliga. So a bit of a break uh, for me and Mark, but, but fear not. Obviously, we've got a really good show tonight and we will be doing some more content uh, over the Christmas period, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch all of that as well. So I hope everyone's well and enjoying a few uh, Christmas tipples, uh, so to speak. Uh, Mark, how's it over in Germany? Yeah, not bad at all. But obviously, yeah, the COVID is still kind of raging, you know. But yeah, hopefully that's going to be over like before we know it. But yeah, doesn't look too good with the statistics at the minute, does it? Really? <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. We'll crack on in a moment, uh, but of course we are in partnership with Bundesliga Boxes this season. Uh, we've had really enjoyed our partnership so far, halfway into the season. Uh, they've provided us with some fantastic shirts that me and Mark have been uh, lucky enough to have. I'm wearing my Darmstadt number this evening, uh, so if you've not already checked them out, go onto their website, just Google it or go onto Twitter and find them there, Bundesliga Boxes, and then you can get your own one for the new year. Great way to start 2022. Um, and of course, uh, obviously, if you're watching this video, please drop us a like, uh, comment along, uh, whether it's live, please do and get involved, whether you know, you're not sure about your opinions on the Bundesliga, if you're new to the league or if you're a regular, just get involved. We love the chat and uh, getting interactive with you guys. And of course, press, uh, you know, press the red button and subscribe. Make sure you click that button so you don't miss out on any future shows uh, from Over the Bar in general. Um, so, Mark, let's go straight over to you for some scores on the doors. Yeah, so obviously the last uh, game of fixtures before the um, the winter break. Yeah, excuse my voice a little bit as well today. Yeah, I've got a little yeah, bit of a sore throat. Hopefully it's not going to be, a, you know, the old Rona, but yeah, we'll have to keep testing on that one. But yeah, <clears throat> starting on Friday night, Bayern Munich got a brilliant 4-0 win over really badly struggling Wolfsburg at the minute, aren't they? You know, under Florian Kohfeldt. Yeah, Bielefeld got a brilliant 2-0 win over RB Leipzig. Frankfurt continued their brilliant form with a sixth win in seven. You know, it seems a long time ago that they were struggling now, doesn't it? But yeah, they got another impressive win, 1-0 over also top half Mainz. Yeah, Hoffenheim got a late point over Gladbach. What would have been a much-needed win for Gladbach really ended up being only a point, but still a decent point, I guess, for them. Union Berlin end the half of the season in sixth place. Brilliant half for them with a 1-0 win in Bochum. Then, yeah, kind of boring nil-nil draw between Furt and Augsburg. Yeah, but a fifth point on the board for Furt. They are slowly but surely kind of getting up towards that 10-point mark, aren't they? <laughs> I think that's pretty much all they can really play for at the minute, let's be honest, really. <clears throat> yeah, Hertha Berlin with a probably the, a thriller, really, with a 3-2 win over Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Freiburg another brilliant win for them. What a half of the season it's been for the Baden-Württembergers. They ended up with a 2-1 win 
over also Champions League level uh, Leverkusen. And then the last game of the weekend, the last game of this half of the season, actually the last game of 2021 as well in the Bundesliga, ended up with a 1-0 win for FC Köln, who have had a brilliant half of the season as well against Rory's struggling Stuttgart. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can safely say, OK. Yep. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I think you're third bottom of the minute, right, Rory? I think the... Yeah, 16 places at the moment. Well, yeah, yeah, not not great. Let's uh, let, let's swiftly move on, shall we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously, let's move swiftly on to OTB's featured four for the last time of 2021, as Rory said before. So where better place to start than the league leaders? I mean, FC Bayern Munich. What a team they are, you know. I mean, now nine points clear of Dortmund, who obviously lost this weekend. It, what a uh, obviously a massive goal difference, which pretty much makes it ten points as well. As for this game, I mean, it was the Friday night game, so it was a great chance for them to kind of get put a bit of pressure on Dortmund and maybe Leverkusen as well, who were went into the weekend in third place. But yeah, I mean, the game started off really. You knew the Wolfsburg obviously they're on a horrible run, basically absolutely horrible run. The, the, the plummeting down the table every single weekend, aren't they? But the game started off with a great strike, actually, from Sane. But, I mean, it's about, what, 30, 35 metres out, quite a long way. I think, for me, Castile's has got to do a little bit better with that one. He can't, He's not had the best half of the season, building on a brilliant uh, season last season. He kind of swerves a little bit, but he pushes it kind of hopelessly out to Thomas Muller, who's basically got a tap-in, really. He just taps it into an empty net. One nil after less than five minutes. I mean, it's just a nightmare start, really, for the away side. But to be fair, they actually react quite well, Wolfsburg. And I mean, that man Vout Weghorst, who's been their talisman for the last three seasons, basically, didn't have his best game in this match. And he goes one on one with uh, with Neuer just a few minutes later, actually. And it's not a bad effort, but it's probably a good save from Neuer. But I mean, should he really score there? Probably yes, really. In all honesty. Then he has another chance as well from a good cross coming in from the left side as well, which he just kind of nudges just wide. But, I mean, that's two chances that if it was last season, he'd probably have scored for me, at least one of them, really. But then, yeah, so they, they end up going in a 1-0, Rory, and then the second half was just a bit of a rout, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I agree with your thoughts on the first goal. I think it's quite avoidable. Uh, I'm not sure if Castile saw the shot late or through a crowd of bodies, but I think he's got to do better there. And and yeah, Veghorst ultimately has to do better with his chance. Second half, um, you know, it was a contest up until uh, Sane's third goal, I guess. Uh, but the obviously, Upamecano come, uh, goal comes from a short corner. Again, for me, that's quite a soft one. Um, I think you obviously have to give Bayern... Uh, the third and fourth goal from Sane. Um, they were describing it as a, a Iron Robin esque goal, but for me, that's what Sane does all the time. Uh, he, that is his trademark, I reckon. He always cuts in and does that. So, um, yeah, brilliant goal uh, for three 0 and, and Lewandowski had to eventually get on the goal scoring charts. <laughs> of course, he did. Um, Castillo has actually made quite a few good saves from Lewandowski personally. Um, uh, especially in the second half, I think. So he eventually uh, gets one teed up to him by Musiala uh, to make it 4-0 and obviously complete the comfortable win. Uh, in terms of Bayern, yeah, uh, nine points clear. Looking ominous, uh, 
again, they're the, the autumnal champions uh, and they'll probably go on to finish the second half of the season in a similar style. Um, right now, you can't see anyone getting anywhere close. Um, it would be interesting to see if any other teams around Europe in a league format, I'm not saying we should have a Super League, um, but <laughs> it'd just be really interesting to see if anyone could get close to buying in a league format because right now, that you know they're just too strong for the teams in Germany. It is what it is, unfortunately. Um, so they look too strong. Wolfsburg themselves look a bit lost um, on the pitch. Uh, I think the change of manager gave them a momentary bounce, didn't it? But since then, it's now kind of turned into a bit of a, a bit of a nothingy season, and, and could could get worse if they, you know, we've seen teams that have been in really bad form, you know, get drawn into things and. I mean, they're in 13th place and you think of Wolfsburg at the start of the season, you're thinking, right, they had enough wins on the board and they'll probably just be mid-table now after a poor season. But they're only three points behind, uh, ahead of my boy Stuttgart in 16th place and that's that's one win, uh, which I hope will come soon. So, and I can't see where Wolfsburg are buying a win right now. They've got the calibre of doing it, but as a team and as a tactical kind of way of play I just can't see what they're trying to do they, they just look a bit lost out there for me so yeah I'd be worried if I was a Wolfsburg fan frankly yeah I think for me before they get uh, Zava Schlager back they've got big big problems because they look absolutely poor at the minute don't they I mean the defense it was so so good for so so long you know it's just literally it's fallen apart you know I mean Brooks has been dropped for the last few games mm-hmm. he's had a really poor season but for me Lacroix hasn't been much better to be honest with you you know he's been poor even Riddle Baku who started the season well he was another of the yeah. stars from last season he's also been poor recently he's also spent a few games on the bench uh, vague horses and scoring goals is he yep. it's just it's really really not working out for them none of the new signings have really come to the fore the likes of Val Schmidt who was like quite highly rated mm. I mean I would say the Nemecha brothers Nemecha, have done okay yeah. to be fair He's yeah. Been all right. yeah that's a bit of a I think both of them have come in and done all right especially the the striker yeah they've done okay and they've they've shown a bit of potential but I mean the overall it's been a disastrous half of the season remember this is a side that finished fourth last season were were brilliant for most of it and they're now 13th in the space of like half a season you know Mm -hmm. and as Rory said they're they're literally plummeting you know they've lost the last four on the bounce they've conceded bags of goals in all of those games and for me, I've got to be honest with you, I think the one thing I'd do over the winter break if I were them is get rid of Kohlfeld, to be honest. I mean, a lot of people might think that's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. You know, he hasn't had many games. He's had probably, what, seven league games or so, seven, eight league games. But yeah. for me, they've actually gone worse since he came in, apart from the first couple of games when they kind of scraped a couple of scrappy wins, really, I think. But... I mean, they've not really been good and they, they were poor in the Champions League too in a group that they could potentially have at least got third place, really, you know. And I, I do, I'm really worried for them at the minute because the, the quality of the bottom of the league is good, you know. I mean, if you look at Bielefeld, who was second bottom, they don't like a second bottom side to me, certainly at the moment. Stuttgart also have been decent the last four or five games, despite losing this weekend. So, I mean, they're going to be worried, you know. They're going to be really worried because for me... They're as bad as any team in the league at the minute, really, Wolfsburg, especially under Kohlfeld. As for Bayern, I mean, as Rory said, 
they've had, they're just a brilliant side, let's be honest. I mean, a lot of people criticise the Bundesliga and say, oh, it's a one-team league. But to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they walk the Premier League in some ways, Bayern. I really do. I mean, obviously, a, a lot of people might disagree with that, but I just think they're such a good side. And for me, they are probably along with Man City and maybe Liverpool, the best side in Europe at the moment, without doubt. And I think they've got quality players in every position, even without the likes of Kimmich, who's obviously got his issue with COVID and whatever. Yeah. But for me, it's just been absolutely, it's been brilliant, really. It's been a brilliant first half of the season for them. 10 out of 10 for Nagelsmann for me. Brilliant in the Champions League. Destroyed Barcelona home and away. Like mm-hmm. Apart from, actually, I would say, no, maybe 9 out of 10 because of the Gladbach humiliation in the cup. Yeah, true. I would say that's the only thing you can really take points off him for, really. But it's been a great half, and I think he's going to have a great tenure there at Bayern Munich for sure. Okay, so moving on. I mean, the shock of the weekend, wasn't it? I mean, some would say not many saw this coming, but for me, Bielefeld have been showing promise for a few weeks again now. They got the win in midweek against Bochum, which was a massive, massive springboard for them. And they backed that win up with another 2-0 win away in RB Leipzig. I mean, what a win this is, really. When you look at the, the budgets of these two teams, like you can't compare them, basically, like... And I mean, for me, it was a deserved win as well. I mean, obviously, the first half probably wasn't the greatest spectacle. Obviously, Forsberg went off injured. There were no fans in the stadium as well, which kind of, uh, you know, it always kind of sours the atmosphere, especially after most of the season we have seen fans back in the stadium. But obviously, I think this is the second game in a row. They've now played behind closed doors, RB Leipzig. But yeah, I mean, the first half wasn't great, but I mean, it looked as though Bielefeld had got a really, really good opener, actually. I mean, it was a good team move. And that man, Okugawa, who, you know, is the latest quality Japanese recruit to the Bundesliga. He's been a really, really big positive for Bielefeld this season, without doubt. But he he kind of found the back then after a really, really good team move. I think it was um, Kruger who came into the team, by the way, for this game. Who, uh, who applied what looked like an assist, but obviously it was correctly disallowed for offside. Mm-hmm. It was quite clear, but I mean, it was a bit unfortunate because it was a good goal, really. But then, Rory, in the second half, you're just looking for RB Leipzig to kind of push on, aren't you, and kind of you know, play better. But it, it was the opposite, really, if anything. Yeah, um, obviously RB were trying to push forward and, and naturally had a lot of the ball um, with the quality that they possess. But you know, Bielefeld were... You know, were compact and they were hard to play against, much like they are a lot of the time. Um, and you know, that's why they were in the game, um, opposed to say the way that Greuther first have defended this season. Um, so RB obviously knew they're in a contest and, and they got caught on the break. And what a brilliant breakaway goal it was! And finally, my man, uh, Yanni Serra <laughs> gets his first Bundesliga goal. I've been shouting out for him for ages. Um, he's had he has had his a couple of starts in the league, but he's not really had a, a long run uh, of games. And I really think he is a key player for Bielefeld. And so he starts a counter-attack. Uh, yeah, already aforementioned Kruger, as you said, Mark, he laid on a cross, which was, um, I can't remember who came in and had the shot. They hit Galachi and then Yanni Serra followed it up and managed to get him for 1-0. Um, and yeah, you know, big goal on the break. And then you're thinking, right, obviously Bielefeld got a hold strong here at 1-0. But then, this is the bit that really annoys me about this performance in terms of Bielefeld. They took off Yanni Serra for captain close. And then he goes and gets sent off. Um, not only is he just a penalty merchant close, he then gets, <laughs> sent, 
gets sent off when his team need him most to uh, tackle over the top um, on like the ankle, lower leg. Uh, I think rightly a red card. Uh, and you saw Yanni Serra's reaction when he got subbed. He was really upset. And I don't blame him. Um, so I hope Yanni Serra now gets a long run in the team as a result. Uh, it might be fortuitous that um, for Bielefeld. I know Close is a a long-serving player for Bielefeld and he's done an awful lot for the club, but he's not a prolific Bundesliga goal scorer and he never will be. So you need to try and test out someone who might be. Um, so maybe it's the time for Yanni Serra. But anyway, down to 10 men, you expect RB Leipzig to come back into the game and and then it's the second goal where ultimately kills the game. Um, Leipzig being sloppy, giving the ball away. I think it's Haidara uh, in their own half. Um, they then... Uh, Bielefeld collect, recollect the ball high up the pitch. Uh, it's a nice ball through uh, for um, Okugawa, and he slots in from about 15 yards. Uh, really nice finish, kind of toe poke. 2-0, um, and they hold firm again from there. Um, interesting uh, statistics, actually, around Okugawa and Ritsu Doan. Uh, they came out on Twitter the other day, and that Okugawa's already had a more influential season in terms of goals and assists or equal to Ritsu Doan in the entire season that Doan played at Bielefeld and obviously myself and Mark we you know we you know praised Doan a lot didn't we last season said he was the main man but Okugawa's done it in half the time basically so fair play to him he's had a really good run of form recently as well I think four goals in the last three or four games so yeah he is you know proving the doubt was wrong I would say and it was a Excellent result for Bielefeld, considering people have been collecting points around them. Those two wins over Bochum and RB have now thrown them well back into the race. So, game on. Yeah, I think I've been saying for a while, actually, I don't see Bielefeld as a relegated side. I really don't. I think they look, they've got quality in that side. I really do believe it. But as I totally agree with Rory that I think one of the keys for them in the second half of the season is keep Fabian Close out of the team. I'm sorry, I know it might sound harsh, and I'm sure the Bielefeld fans do love him for what he did for them in this fight of Bundesliga and to a lesser extent last season. But for me, this season has been probably their biggest sticking point, really. I mean, the guy just can't finish, and he's just very clumsy, isn't he, as we saw with the red card. I mean, what was he doing there, really, you know? It's just absolutely not good enough, because if he'd have cost them potentially two or even three points, that would have been a real tragedy, because they were absolutely brilliant, Bielefeld, in this game. To a man, do you know what I mean? And yep. one clumsy, and it was just clumsiness, you know, like he clearly lost his balance, just dove into the, lunged into a challenge and the referee could only send him off really via VAR, you know? And I mean, they still had 20 minutes. I mean, I was following this game and I thought, oh, RB will probably win now, you know? Yep. But I mean, literally five minutes later, that man, Okugawa, who, as Rory said, has been absolutely brilliant, especially in the last six or seven games, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, he goes and finishes the win off, and it's a brilliant, brilliant win. Probably, arguably, their best win in the Bund back in the Bundesliga that they've had in the last eighteen months. Really, Bielefeld, absolutely brilliant result. But I really like the look of the balance of the team as well with uh, Sarah and Kruger. They work really, really well in this game. I actually thought Kruger was probably even better than Sarah, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Top, he was yeah. absolutely brilliant. I really like the the wide players. Vimmer is also a good player. Yeah, he's been good. I like yeah. him. 
I like I really like Okugawa. And I think obviously defensively they are solid, you know, relative not as solid this season as last season, but still they've got quality at the back with the likes of Amos Peeper and the likes. Obviously, another big note about this game is the fact that obviously uh, the legendary goalkeeper was not obviously not playing in this one, but his stand-in Stefanos Capino, what a game he had, yep. you know. I mean, I didn't think uh, RB were great, but he still they still forced a few decent saves out of him, you know. And he, I mean, sometimes when these kind of backup keepers come in, they just have absolute stinkers, don't they? Really, mm-hmm. you know. And we yeah. have seen a lot of backup goalkeepers this season due to like COVID outbreaks, and yeah. obviously in this game, Ortega wasn't able to make it. I'm not sure that it was COVID. Did you know that, uh, Rory? Uh, I don't know the reason. Yeah, I don't know the reason for his yeah. not being there, unfortunately. But regardless, I'll presume it's something COVID-related or something like that. But yeah, it was certainly a great standing performance from him. And I mean, he's not had many chances, has he been? Obviously, behind Captain Fantastic Ortega, who's an absolutely brilliant goalkeeper, one of the best mm-hmm. in the Bundesliga. But yeah, congratulations to Bielefeld for this. And as you say, I mean, they're only one point adrift of... Uh, uh, the playoff place and now two points adrift of the uh, safety now, you know. So, and for me, if they can replicate the last two performances, they'll stay up easily next season, this season. But obviously, it's easier said than done, I guess. Okay, so yeah, let's move on to game two, which was the, the battle of the Champions League's chasing sides, really, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, which ended in yet another brilliant win for Freiburg. I mean, this was a real acid test for them, wasn't it? Because They've probably not finished this half of the season as well as they started it, definitely. They have had a few defeats in recent weeks, although nothing wrong with performances at all, you know. I think they were unlucky to lose the last home game against Hoffenheim a couple of weeks ago. And then, obviously, they realised that a win here would leave them third going into the winter break at the halfway stage of the season. And that's indeed what they got, you know. I mean, a massive win over a Leverkusen side who have had a really, really good first half of the season. Or, admittedly, they always blow a bit hot and cold, Leverkusen, yeah. don't they? But I'd say they've been more hit than miss in this this half of the season. But yeah, a bit of a quiet start to the game, really, in this one. But then the first kind of major incident brought the first goal, really. And it was uh, Wu Yong Jong, uh, the striker for Freiburg. He kind of like, he forces the handball, really, from Frimpong. I mean, it was a little bit clumsy from Frimpong, who's had a really good season overall, but he's got both yeah. arms out like this, and it just hits one of his hands. It's one of them, you know, you think probably nothing would have come from the move, really, because probably Jong had maybe lost control of the ball, but they have to give the penalty for that one, and it was a correct decision. And then, yeah, probably the big uh, moment as well, Grifo, who actually missed his last penalty against Hoffenheim at one all which was actually a really big moment in that game because he obviously went on to lose. You're thinking, mm-hmm. you know, just take a simple penalty and he decides to go for the chip penalty, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> he's yeah. a confident guy. He's a famously confident guy, Vicenzo Grifo. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I thought it was a little bit lucky, really, because Herdazzi was actually fuming that he didn't save it, really. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think he kind of realised he knew what he was going to do, but he just kind of dove and he couldn't quite get back to the penalty. And it did eventually settle in the battle at the back of the net. And I think probably to the relief of Grifo, because if he'd have missed two penalties, you know, I'm not sure whether the, uh, the coach would have given him a third chance for the next penalty. But yeah, so that, that's 1-0 to Freiburg. But then just before the half-time uh, mark, Obviously, Leverkusen got back level, didn't they, Rory, in this one? Uh, yeah, they did. Um, just as Freiburg thought they'd get into half-time, 1-0 uh, up. Bit of a set-piece, um, well, kind of not masterclass from Leverkusen, but a bit of uh, clever play from um, not 
someone that you'd think would be that acrobatic in the shape of Jonathan Tarr. There's a, um, an overhead kick from when the ball falls to him at the back post to keep the ball alive. Um, to which uh, I think it was, yeah, Aaron Guiz, um, who was just lurking in the middle of, middle of the goal. Ball falls perfect for him to, to head it at close range to, to make it 1-1 one, one at half time. Um, so with that in mind, you kind of think that Leverkusen would be able to use that momentum and, and kind of take it forward from uh, from there. Um, but then it was a bit of a, again, kind of quiet period in the game. Verts was trying to work his magic to kind of put in Patrick Schick, who was quite quiet in the game. Grifo was having more of an influential kind of role um, on the game. I think he had a good shot from far out um, in the second half. And as the game was kind of meandering towards a, a 1-1 draw, a uh, bit of quality, uh, near post uh, cross uh, ended up being flicked on and in by uh, Skade. Uh, the cross was actually from Demirovic, who we don't really see that much of, do we, no. um, at the moment? So, um, you know, that, that obviously then won the game for Freiburg. So they're absolutely buzzing. Um, fantastic first half of the season from them. Uh Obviously, to come in third place is well beyond their expectations uh, that they could ever imagine. Uh, obviously, a lot of the reasons are down to what a brilliant team they are. They've not got one kind of individual top goal scorer that's always back in the goals. That's very much shared out. They've got superb defence. Um, obviously, if you kind of look at the goals, goals conceded amongst the top, I don't know, from third down to seventh or eighth, you know, they're comfortably one of the best teams there. Um, Leverkusen's problem is conceding goals, really, and, and kind of keeping the ship tight. So, yeah, obviously, Freiburg finished uh, the first half of the season, the third, and Leverkusen fourth on, you know, but it's very open for those two kind of Champions League spots, you would say, uh, as you'd imagine, Dortmund would do enough to come second. So you'd have, you know, got a battle between Freiburg, Leverkusen, Hoffenheim, Frankfurt, and maybe Union. Uh, so probably two from five, I'd say, that are going to get a Champions League place and probably going to see some new faces. I mean, I haven't said RB Leipzig because I just don't know what's going on with them, to be honest. Um, but they could obviously come into the fray. But it's very exciting to have a race for the Champions League, at the very least, if we're not going to have a title race this season. The, the league is very compact um throughout really so a couple of wins can get you well well up there so yeah Freiburg really really good Leverkusen uh just a bit bit kind of hit and miss right now they're not quite getting it right um a bit obviously a bit too reliant on on Schick and Verts. uh the RB Swarm's kind of dropped off a little bit hasn't it uh not seen much from him um of late and yeah you know Leverkusen should be aiming to come top four. That'll probably be a good start under Gerarde Sione um, as his first season in Bundesliga, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, Christian Strike is doing an amazing job at Freiburg. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, you saw the celebrations at the end, you know. I mean, he realised how big it was for a club like Freiburg to be in third place at the halfway stage of the season, you know. I mean, he has, um, I think he, he actually almost got them into the top four like eight years ago or something, but they fell short on the last day, famously against Schalke. I think it was like a kind of 50-50 shootout 
And I think if, if Freiburg had got a point in the game, they would have got fourth in Champions League football. But unfortunately, they lost to Schalke. But I mean, this year, I think there's no reason why they can't actually get that top four. Because as Rory said, I mean, if you look at the, the four favourites, obviously Bayern, Dortmund, but then obviously Leipzig and Gladbach, who were the two favourites to get third and fourth this season, actually, are just having nightmare seasons, really, aren't they? I mean, I mean to be fair... Uh, Leipzig aren't that far off the Champions League. They're still only six points, but unless they can find some serious consistency and their away form is absolutely atrocious, isn't it? You know, they've still not won away from home yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, Freiburg have got a great chance. They've got great balance in the side, so many great characters, you know. They kind of remind me of like a Bolton from like the, you know, under Sam Allardyce, really, when the big Sam made his name. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, every player works hard for the team. Do you know what I mean? And I think the fact that Roland Salai has come back into the team has also added that bit of quality that, you know, I'm not going to say that they were lacking quality at any stage in the season, but I think when they've got the two wide players of Grifo and Salai, that really, really adds quality to the side as well. You know, sure. And I mean, actually, Sharder didn't start this game, which was a bit surprising because he's been playing for most of the season. Obviously, he has uh, fallen out of the team just for this game because of Salai, but he comes back in and scores the goal, you know, the winning goal, which is just, I mean, obviously, Demirovic as well, as Rory said, hasn't really had much of a chance at all because of the form of Lukas Hurler, who's been absolutely brilliant leading the line for them. But I mean, it's just been like quality performance after quality performance, really. And I think... uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, top marks to Freiburg. I still think that Leverkusen have had a good half of the season overall, but their problem is the the form against the bigger teams just isn't good enough. You know, yeah. they got yeah. battered. They lost. They, they shipped loads of goals against Dortmund and Bayern, and obviously they got they shipped loads against uh, Frankfurt, who are probably going to be up there challenging as well for those Champions League slots. But they've just got to kind of they've got to find a way to get a back four that can defend. Basically, that's the problem. You know. Because, uh, again, Jonathan Tai, you know, he looks like a real quality centre-half, but he, he's not always that good, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. And they, they can't seem to find a, a partner for him. They go through, like, Kosanu and uh, Tapsoba, but neither of them have really convinced, you know what I mean? So yeah. they, they still need, Soane still needs to uh, find that quality partner for uh, Tar, I guess. Okay, so let's move on to the game of the weekend. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer, really, this one. It was a really, really good game of football in a very, very cold Olympia Stadion on Saturday evening. But, yeah, it was a great win for, yeah, I would say resurgent Hertha Berlin under Korkut. I mean, they've been more hit than miss since he took over. Mm-hmm. I think they're on seven points from four games that he took over, and they're actually quite resurgent. I think they're in 11th place at the halfway stage, which they would have taken, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they would have taken that, to be honest. But, I mean, the game itself was really, really entertaining. You know, I mean, it starts off, I mean, uh, Dortmund have a couple of decent chances. I think Royce heads wide when he should do better, yeah, really. I mean, that should be 1-0 to Dortmund. But then, I mean, the big chance, really, the first major chance falls to Ekelkamp. Yeah. I don't know how he misses this one. I mean, literally, he's, the ball kind of ricochets to him and he, he's literally three meters away from the net and he somehow manages to like skew it wide mm-hmm. and all he has to do is just kind of bundle it home basically you know and you think you know it's not going to be another one of those days for her to where they miss chances and then just a few minutes after that they do actually have the ball in the back of the net and it looks like there's nothing wrong with the goal and i've got to say i think this is very harsh against her i hate these kind of goals when a player that they say is interfering with play mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so it was actually bell forward 
he is in just about an offside position, but it's actually Mao Leader who puts the ball in the back of the net, but then yeah. they go to VAR. And for the second time in about three weeks, Hertha Berlin get done with a goal in this situation. <laughs> they also got done with one against Stuttgart in Korkut's first game as well. Yeah. And they were absolutely fuming about it, you know. And then just to make matters worse, just a few minutes after that, uh, Julian Brand, actually a really good finish, actually. It's a really mm-hmm. good uh, it's a good, solid goal, actually, to put them in front. Good team move and Dortmund go in 1-0 ahead. But then, you know, I guess a few weeks ago under Pal Dardai, they'd probably have fallen apart here to Berlin. But we saw very much a resurgent side in that second half, Rory. Yeah, it was a crazy second half, to be fair. It all kind of lit up. Not saying that the first half wasn't good because there was loads of chances in the first half, to be fair, as well. Um, so, yeah, just a simple ball forward, actually. Um for her to not long into the second half from uh, Darida, um, un- unleashed Bedfordil, uh, Belfordil, um, who didn't have his uh, partner in crime, um, Jovetic, um, there at the game. Was he, uh, did Jovetic play? I can't remember actually. No, he didn't play no, in this one, no. I think so. But yes, yeah, so obviously the, the kind of the ball. Phil's to Bedford Hill. He's still got an awful lot of work to do uh, going into the uh, opposition's half. Runs at Witzel, runs past him and, and does similarly in terms of his finish, kind of um, pokes it home to make it one, one you know, brilliant reaction from uh, from them uh, in the Olympiastadion. And, um, and from there on in, you know, it was really uh, intense work from Hertha. You know, they looked really good. And uh, the second goal came really, really quickly after that. Um, a fantastic finish from Richter as uh, the ball fell for, uh, <clears throat> fell for him after Julian Brandt undid a lot of his good work by conceding possession. Uh, Richter managed to fire in a fantastic half um, half volley and, and went obviously past standing keeper. Again, lots of standing keepers, aren't there, at the moment? Mm-hmm. No Greg or Cobell, um, so as Marvin hits. Um, and we know that he's not the strongest of keepers. So that made it 2-1 uh, to the Berlin side. Uh, looking really good uh, at this point. They were keeping Haaland out of the game for large periods as well. I thought they defended him really well. Um, they did a good job of that. And um, and then the probably the game-winning goal came again from another mistake from Julian Brandt. And lost yeah. the ball. Um, unfortunately, had a bit of a game of two halves, didn't he? Um, and they... Put the ball over the top and it looks like Bedford is going to volley at home. He he has his shot well saved actually by hits, but the rebound falls to Richter to then follow up uh, and he smashes it through a crowd of <coughs> players to make it 3-1 um, with uh, with not too long to go. And obviously, um, Tigues, the young striker, managed to get himself a goal off the bench. Nice header, actually, from, from Guerrero's cross to make it 3-2 to make them, you know, a bit more nervy, but they did enough. Yeah, they held out for, yeah, the, the you know, the win of the weekend for sure. Um, yeah, they were excellent. Um, could have been a lot more goals for both sides, I think. Um, Dortmund were a bit patched up, you know, no Bellingham, no Hummels, uh, no Cobell, but, you know, still they've got to... Show a bit more clinicality um, in these sort of games, especially going one nil up. You'd expect them to then go and at least control the game or manage it a bit better. But I think that's one thing that Dortmund don't do very well is manage games. 
um, you know, kind of slow the game down a little bit, uh, make sure you've got your numbers and your formation set, those two banks at four or whatever formation you're playing, um, <laughs> and you've got a bit more help because Witzel was exposed by Bedfordil uh, or Belfordil. Um, so, yeah, I thought Hertha managed the game really, really well. They're excellent, excellent energy about them as well, uh, which teams have to do if you're going to beat Dortmund. Um, and, yeah, it's a killer blow for Dortmund in terms of their title ambitions. Were they even there beforehand? Who knows? Um, and, yeah, brilliant way to finish the year and uh, the first half of the season for Hertha. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point because, I mean, we've obviously talked a lot over our show since we've been doing it over the last 18 months, Rory, about Hertha's, like, really poor form in the Olympia Stadion, you know. But, I mean... This season, in general, it's improved, but especially the two performances under Cork Hoots. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, these have been up there with two of the best home performances I can remember from Hertha in a long time, really. I mean, yeah. obviously, including this game and the 2-0 win over Bielefeld as well, which they just dominated that game completely. But, I mean, yeah, I thought they were absolutely brilliant in this game. I agree that Dortmund, I mean, I don't know about Dortmund. Really. I don't think they've had a great first half of the season, all said and done, really. I mean, they've been a little bit unlucky with injuries. I mean, they missed Haaland for probably five, six games out of the 17. Obviously, Bellingham's missed a few. Mm. It's not really been great. I mean, obviously, they're out of the Champions League. They're nine points adrift. I mean, the table looks like okay for them because they are five points clear of third, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not really sure they could take that much solace out of that. I mean, I just think uh, they've not had a great half of the season for me overall. But, I mean, as for Hertha, I mean, they do seem to be a club on the up at the minute, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, they're on 21 points from 17, which, I mean, it's not amazing numbers, but it's definitely an improvement considering they lost the first three or four games of this half of the season as well. Mm -hmm. You've got to remember that. I mean, they have improved slowly but surely. They had a decent spell under Dardai, like I think a few a few months ago. But then obviously he ended up paying for a poor run of form again. But for me, Corkutter, I like his style. You know, I think he, I like the, the formation and the balance he's found in the team. I mean, they've still got improvements because he's still got battered against Mainz on Tuesday night. Mm, but yeah. I mean, uh, you're always going to have kind of bumps in the road, you know. But I think I like the fact that he's starting Richter on the on the wings. You know, I think he's a great player, Richter. I mean, he's been one of the big kind of bright sparks for them this season for me. I think even Bell Fodil, I am a fan of him, you know, and I think obviously two years ago for Hoffenheim, I think he scored like 17 or 18 league goals, you know. So I think he, he is a good sign. He wasn't really starting much under uh, Dardai for whatever mm-hmm. reason, but yeah. yeah, I think he's a good player. They have got quality in that side. We, we've talked about it many times, you know, but I think Korkut has got at least more chance of... And the fans seem happy as well. That was another great thing to see. You know, yeah, like yeah. we often see yeah. Hertha fans, they, you know, they're very much disillusioned with the club and things like that. But I mean, the last two games, they've looked happy. They were hugging each other. You know, obviously, a kind of uh, maybe not the best idea to do at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, still, they were really enjoying themselves. You know, they, they got behind the team, obviously, in reduced numbers due to COVID restrictions. But yeah, it was a great night in Berlin and they'll go happy. They'll enjoy the Christmas now there to fans. Yeah. As for Dortmund, big improvements have got to be made ahead of the second half for me. Yeah. Well, what, what I'd just quickly say on Dortmund is I think I think they do struggle more so when they are the team that is meant to challenge with Bayern. In previous yeah. seasons, yeah. they've had another team to kind of bounce off, like whether it's been mm. RB Leipzig or Leverkusen, where they're kind of yeah. also battling them for second. Mm. It kind of feels like this season 
it has to be Dortmund or no one else will catch Bayern. But the problem is yeah. Dortmund can't deal with that pressure mentally anyway. Um, and they have missed Haaland when he's been away and, and obviously Leipzig have dropped off. And so they won't come any lower than second, probably, but they won't come any higher than second either. No. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that, that's that been an issue for them as well. Yeah, I just think the game management at times is poor. Whether it is a mental problem, as you say, Rory, I mean, in this game... I mean, they get lucky with the disallowed goal, you know, and then they get the goal and you think they've got to win from there. You simply have to win, you know. You're a better team than Hertha Berlin, ultimately, and you're 1-0 up at half-time. You've had a bit of luck. You know, you've got to manage the game. Even if you just kind of grind out a 1-0 win, it's still a win. Do you know what I mean? But, I mean, what they served up, what Julian Brand in particular turned up in that first you know, half an hour of that half was just simply not good enough at the end of the day. And yeah. Dortmund deserved better, ultimately. He got hauled off and he looked fuming with himself. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it just wasn't good enough at the end of the day, was it? So, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Right, well, that obviously brings a close um, this week's Featured Four and the last one of 2021. Let's now move on to our, our final kind of section of, of the show, uh, which is obviously the... Bundesliga boxes talking point of the week um, and it's one that we had saved basically from the week before and it's still valid so we're still going to talk about it um, so we're going to talk a little bit about whether Hoffenheim um, can sustain a Champions League push um, obviously you know they've had a a really good um, first half of the season you, you know they're currently in fifth place basically joint fourth they're only in fifth place on, on goal difference behind Leverkusen um, and you know they've showed a really um, you know good attacking um, kind of display so far this season uh, kind of mixed mixed the goals between Kramerich and uh, Elas Bebu has come back and looked a lot sharper um, kind of a, an, an upcoming talent in the shape of Ruter and, and Dabur and Baumgartner and all sorts of talents like that going forward so it's really an exciting team to kind of watch and look so um, kind of well first off to you Mark I think um, when we look at this Hoffenheim team we kind of see it and like I just said some names going forward but they're their team is flooded with talent. And if you look at the midfields, um, kind of core with, with Geiger and Grilich and Baumgartner and, and then the wing backs as well, I think, you know, and then obviously the goalkeeper is really good. Bauman. I think the only real weakness in this Offenheim side is maybe the center halves. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree to be honest. I've been saying for a while, I think they're a quality side uh, Hoffenheim. And I mean, obviously we were very much underwhelmed with them covering the season last year, you know, and we said, obviously Hernes, the manager, like he was under very much a lot of pressure. A lot of the fans wanted him out, but I mean, he does have a good reputation within obviously coming in from uh, Bayern Munich's uh, second team, actually, that's where they signed him from. And yeah, I mean, I think the board, obviously, uh, Dietmar Hopp uh, gave him a lot of time. Do you know what I mean? And I think it, it's one of those situations where it's kind of at the moment it's looking like it's coming fruitful, basically, that the manager was given time. But I think, obviously, he's finally found a formation that works. But I think he's also been held by a really, really good Bundesliga squad as well. I mean, they, they've got cover in pretty much every position you know i mean if you look at the game on saturday they kind of somewhat surprisingly decided to drop a few key players you know mm-hmm. but the likes of babu came out who's been really really good since he came back from injury early in the season but 
he actually, uh, I, I would presume he was a little bit tired after the midweek game as well, which was a hard-fought draw in Leverkusen. Yeah. But yeah, they've got the likes of Munas Dabor coming in. He was probably their best striker last season, obviously after Kramaric, you know. I mean, if you look at Kramaric this season, he's turned from goal king to assist king. Yeah, yeah. He's not been, I think he's only on incredible, like two or three league goals, which mm -hmm. is just incredible. But I mean, his performances haven't really dropped off. He's still been absolutely quality. He's still the main man, but he's just turned from uh, basically a goal scorer to provider, you know. But I mean, yeah. for me, probably the one man that really sticks out, there are two men, I would say, this season that have really changed the team around is Jorginho Ruta, first of all. I mean, mm -hmm. from the very first game when he got those two assists and a goal, like coming on against Augsburg, and he's just been absolutely brilliant for me. He's a young guy coming to the team, and he's just been a breath of fresh air, basically. And he's really started to get the statistics in his favour the last few games as well. He got a few goals, and like he's probably on five, six, seven goals for this season in his first as a pro. So, yeah, really, really good effort. Oh, and the other one is David Raum for me. Yeah, he's been absolutely yeah. brilliant. He was in the team last season, but, you know, he was, I think the fact that he's been changed to like a full-on wing back now has really, really improved him and he's been absolutely brilliant this season. And the, the other man that I've really been impressed with is Florian Grilich. I mean, I think we, me and you watched him, Rory, in the Euros for Austria. Yep. We said, where was this guy for Hoffenheim? Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because yeah. this guy's a quality player and He's finally turned up for Hoffenheim as well, because I think this season has been really good. He's shown leadership quality. He can play midfield and he can help out the defence as well. And I think he's they're still not the most stable side in the world, are they? But I think they have kind of, uh, they have added that to the game a little bit, like a kind of bit of grit that wasn't there the last couple of seasons. So, sure. yeah, great potential. And, yeah, in answer to the question, for me, they can sustain a Champions League push. Yeah, I think a few things that stand out to me so far, kind of statistically, the season for Hoffenheim. Firstly, that um, out of all 18 Bundesliga teams, they're second on the uh, most intensive runs. Um, so, obviously, to me, that suggests that they're playing, you know, a very high-energy game with, uh, you know, with a lot of um, kind of high-pressing ideals, uh, which in the end kind of brings them back a lot more uh, possession in high areas in which their attacking talents can then utilise that, as, as we've already talked about. They scored quite a lot of goals um, in these first 17. They scored 14 goals in their last five games. Obviously, six of them, I guess, were against third. <clears throat> um, and they've also, amazingly, so obviously, you know, they've had a good season. Take Bear, bear this in mind, they're joint fourth, but they've also had the most attempts that have hit the bar or, or posts this wow. season with 10 <clears throat> Wow. So, you know, they're clear, they're clear of even Bayern who have got nine. So they're way out in front and they've not, and another nice statistic, they've not had a penalty, a single penalty this season. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So, mm. With all those statistics in mind, you have to say the bare facts that that, that kind of displays a really good season so far, which is building for Hoffenheim. Um, so looking ahead in terms of the fixtures, I'd say, which obviously is another thing to look out for as to how they may go for the second half of the season. Uh, I think they've got quite a tricky start, though, in the new year. So they go away to Uni to Union Berlin, uh, home to Dortmund, and then away to Mainz. So that is a bit of a tricky run of games, I'd say. Um, but obviously, the way that they're playing, they could quite easily beat all three. Um, but yeah, obviously, if they can get over that initial burst and continue their form and keep key players fit, um, I think... On, on the basis of it, it's so hard to call, isn't it? There's so many teams that are up and around there. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to say that Hoffenheim come forth. So I'll, I'll stick my neck out and say they will come in the Champions League spots. Um, and so Mark, obviously, kind of half answered it and said, yeah, so you think they'll come top four then? Yeah, I think that's the key. If you look at that table, I mean, from between third Freiburg on 29 points, right down to ninth uh, with Mainz on 24. I mean, there's only basically five points separating. That can change in two weeks, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think there's a lot of sides now that have maybe didn't start very well, but are starting to come better now. Frankfurt probably being the main one uh, of those, you know. Yeah. And I think Frankfurt also have a very high quality side. If they, if they can keep the side, because there's a lot of talk that maybe Kostic could potentially be prized away in January, uh, because obviously he wanted to leave in summer, so that would affect them without doubt, because he's still their key player, basically. But yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I would also go that they'll just about get it. Yeah, I think it'll probably be. I think it might be a little bit tough for Freiburg to have a to repeat that level of half of season. You know, I think they might drop off just a little bit, and then maybe Leverkusen and uh, Hoffenheim will nick in there. That's what I would take. I, I just really like the balance, and I think they've got quality to come in off the bench as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it probably a lot of key positions apart from centre half. They have good enough backup as well, which could be key. Uh, if potentially COVID could be running rife in the second half of the season, potentially yeah, as well. Who knows? Good stuff. Well, it's another interesting talking point that we've covered. Uh, obviously, if you've got any thoughts on whether Hoffenheim can do a Champions League push uh, on any of the games that we've seen so uh, so far this season, obviously, let us know in the comments. Um, and obviously, um, that, that kind of brings the show to a to a close. So that you know that'll be that'll be us for for 2021. We've had a really enjoyable year. Uh, certainly speaking on on behalf of myself, you know, had some brilliant guests on you know on the show. We've you know, develop the show a lot, a lot more. And, you know, we kind of changed it accordingly. Um, and, and, you know, as a result, I had a load of fun and, and really enjoyed ourselves. So hopefully 2022 brings loads more guests and loads more enjoyment and, and success for the show. Um, so, yeah, obviously Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll be back with more content. So, Mark, over to you to say your farewells and close the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, if you enjoyed the show and what we do uh, on the Bundesliga show, then yeah, remember to check out at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra as well. Yeah, remember also to follow the uh, the League One. I think it's the League One show that's coming up uh, this this evening as well after our show, which is starting around ten minutes time from now. So yeah, keep keep following all of our content as well, but obviously mainly the Bundesliga show, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, visit otbfootball.net, which is like the kind of centerpiece of our stuff. Remember, we also do a lot of written journalism as well. That's also that was the original thing that we started off doing on the site. So remember to check that out as well. We got articles on literally everything with regard to that. But yeah, and obviously keep on looking out for what we're going to do ahead as well. We have other videos planned. We actually released uh, the. Uh, I think it was the Cologne Gladbach derby yeah. just last week, actually, as well. So, yeah, check that out. A lot of you guys asked for um, more Derby Day videos, yeah. so we've already provided it with you. And we've got more that are going to be coming out probably between, yeah, round about like the early New Year slash late 2021. Yeah, so check out for that. And obviously, we'll be back, I would imagine... I think the, the next set of fixtures is for the um, round about the middle... No, the, the 8th of 
January, the next set of fixtures. So I guess we'll be back on round about the uh, the sixth or so yeah. to do a preview view show for them for the next live. But also we've also got some other things planned, like a Q and A, right, Rory? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, in the coming weeks we'll probably do a a midway review show mm-hmm. slash um, Q and A session. So. We'll post when we're going to do it on on Twitter, so we can get a load of questions in uh, and hopefully a load of live ones as well, and kind of do a bit of a bit of a halfway review and a bit of Q and A. So we've had fun with those before, so that'll be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, obviously from me and Rory, yeah, happy New Year, and uh, yeah, if we don't see you for another live show before, then yeah, thanks a lot for your continued support. Yeah, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming ahead uh, for 2022. Yeah, and it's been a great half of the season, and see you next time. Yeah.